Welcome back. This is the Nothing in Particular podcast. I'm recording this on Audacity this time. We'll see how this goes. And I'm just going to get straight into it. Um, I've been thinking a lot today. And usually when I have days where I think a lot, not a whole lot comes of it. But sometimes a whole lot of good does come for it. I think it's good to think. I think thinking can be overrated but can also be very powerful. And I've been thinking about a lot today. And I've been thinking about how... Um, how people put all sorts of excuses in front of their goals or the things they want to do. Whether you call them goals or passions, whatever, it doesn't matter. But people put all sorts of obstacles in front of them. And a lot of times I think that they put them there because they're afraid of putting it all on the line. And I'm sure that's pretty obvious to some. But to me, there's a difference between knowing something and realizing it. And realizing it in a powerful way wherein you internalize it. And I'm really starting to internalize this because when I look at people's excuses for things, they're all really the same. They're all the same kinds of excuses all the time. It's like, oh, my family this, uh, injury that, I'm old, uh, this person said this, I can't do that now, I'm too busy, I have a job, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, while I'm sick of it, I do try to relate to people who are struggling with this and I try to like force them down better paths and sometimes it does work and by force i mean like gently suggest it or implant the idea into their head that it's possible to make things happen no matter your circumstances because at the end of the day there's someone who came from way worse than you came from and made it all the way you know they got all the success they could have wanted and still those kind of people wouldn't be satisfied and that's the kind of mindset really you need to come at the world with because the world's a harsh place And no matter what it is, even if it's a spiritual goal, like all paths are the same, really. All paths are the same. They teach you the same lessons. They give you the same perspectives. No matter where you go, you end up with the same realizations. And the spiritual path, for example, it's just another journey beset with obstacles. Oh, I can't go to the temple. I have this. I have that. I have a job. I have family that depend on me. I couldn't be so selfish to do that. I can't meditate three hours a day I have stuff to do like everything is just an excuse at the end of the day are you doing the thing that you want to be doing or are you not and I'm really starting to realize this about myself and all my excuses and slowly as I shed them one by one they become quite silly to me like I look back on the things that I used to have as excuses and it's just it's there's almost a comical element to it and of course at the time that's what you were going through and that was the journey that you were on and we're all on a different path but At the end of the day, really, we're all on the same path. We're all trying to make things happen despite the obstacles in front of us. So when you look at it that way, really, you just see that life was set up that way. It was set up as a challenge. And either you're being honest with yourself about whether you're meeting the challenge head on, whether you are doing the things that you need to be doing, or if you're not. Like, really, at the end of the day, it's all about honesty. And a lot of people aren't honest with themselves. Like, how hard are you really working? How much effort are you really putting in? You tell me you have no time, but then I watch the way you use that time. Are you using that time wisely? For for some reason, so there's someone I know and they're struggling with some injuries and they say, oh yeah, you know, like I know I really should do something about it, but you know, just life and work and blah, blah, you know how it is. And Yeah, I do know how it is, but at the same time, I see this guy talking crap for half an hour before class when I see him at the gym. And in that half hour, there's so many things he could be doing. 
There's so many things you can do with half hour in your body weight to start improving yourself. You got a knee injury, you can start getting into a split squat. You can put knees over toes on YouTube. You can copy his routine. You can start split squatting, squatting, lunging. You can get a band and start warming yourself up. You can get a kettlebell, start doing raises with it. Put the kettlebell on your foot, start lifting your knee up to your chest. Like there's so many ways that you can get around these problems and you keep saying you have no time and it's like, well, the time that you do have, you're filling it with crap. You're filling it with nonsense. And I'm the exact same way. I say, oh, I have no time. But then I realize I spent two hours talking shit behind the desk when I could have been out in the perfectly good and usable gym working on my strength. But I didn't. And then it shows when it comes competition time or when it comes time, you know, when I get when I get into a weird position and then I feel my knee make a weird noise. And it's like, well, if I just spent time strengthening that knee, would I be in this situation? I wouldn't be. And it might take a thousand times before I learn that lesson. But really, at the end of the day, I think what I've learned is that all excuses are bullshit. All of them. Every last one. Every last excuse is bullshit. There's always something you can do. Like, why would there not be something you can do? Really, every single minute of your day is filled. Every single minute is filled. Oh, well... I want to live a balanced life, you know, I can't, I can't work all the time, I'll go crazy, I, I, uh, I'll run out of energy, I, I want to see my family, I want to do this and that, it's like really, you, you would rather keep living this life that you're living and hoping for the best, is that what you want? You're so happy with how things are going, that you're just going to keep up with this same attitude, you're not going to change, you're keeping the same exact attitude, if you defend your way of life, if you make excuses for your way of life, you're just going to stay the same way. At some point, you're gonna, going to have to take on the burden of greater and greater responsibility. That responsibility being more work, harder work, more effort towards your goals. And people are terrified of that. And it's like, can you not find some kind of joy in doing hard things? Does it really have to be so miserable to work hard to get ahead? And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Like, I never want to knock people's way of life, but I want people to stop making excuses, or at least I want to stop making them, and I'm a little bit tired of hearing them. Like, if you just want to live a simple life by the river with your fishing rod made from a stick and a piece of string and a little hut by the ocean, that's fine. But here you are in a high-cost-of-living city... We have to make at least fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to live any semblance of comfort, and you're complaining and making excuses. It's like, what is it? Well, I can't. I just can't up and leave my life. Well, then why are you still complaining? If you can't just up and move your life to another country and live by the ocean, which probably would be more difficult than you'd imagine. Like I can't imagine fishing with a stick is all that easy. And I know I'm being facetious, but. There's a point that I'm making here. I can't imagine it would be that easy. And even if you can't up and leave your family, then why wouldn't you take steps to make a little bit more money than you're making here? To spend a little bit more time refining yourself, to spend a little bit more time looking after your health, to spend that 10 minutes that you would have otherwise spent on the shit looking at your phone, 
you've finished shitting like half an hour ago and you're still on your phone just trying to get a reprieve. If you spent that 10 minutes meditating instead and the other five minutes journaling and planning out the next day or laying out your work clothes for the next day, how much better would your life be if you just did that every day? You know, that's 15, 20 minutes. Meditate, do a bit of journaling, hang your work clothes out for the next day so they're ready for you. Does that really impact your life that badly versus how much you could gain from such a simple transformation? And now imagine you would apply that to everywhere in your life. It's just frustrating. It's something I've become so passionate about because slowly over the years, I've gone from someone who just didn't believe in anything. Mate, I've lived out of my car. I've forsaken all sorts of friends. I've forsaken all sorts of jobs and experiences and opportunities in the pursuit of what I thought was like some kind of counterculture piece where I thought I had to trade away everything that I had just to try and understand what I was doing here. And I wouldn't give that experience away. Not for one second because I learned so much from it. But I've gone from that person who's had nothing, who's given away all of it, to someone who's started dropping people from my life who I realized were sucking away from me. Like I remember I used to rock up to the gym. Back in the day I'd been working all day. I'd, been, I'd woken up at 6, even earlier. I'd done a 10 hour shift and then it was time to be at the gym to coach and train. And I would sit in the car and I'll just have to give myself like a five minute pep talk just to give myself enough energy to get out the car and deal with all these people that I felt were sucking the life out of me. Wanting to know what I'm up to, how I'm doing, complaining about their life. And I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be someone who feels like other people are a source of misery and pain. But when you start to wake up to yourself and you start to realize this bubble of excuse making that you're trapped in this bubble of negativity this bubble of fear really that's all it is is fear when you wake up in this bubble of fear where you think you can't do something or you're afraid if you do something that you're going to then have to increase your responsibility and have less of this fucking imaginary free time you think you're gonna have because you don't know what's around the corner Illness could be around the corner, accident, injury, pain, loss of a loved one. You don't know what's around the corner. And yet you live life in such a hedge your bets sort of way, but you can't hedge any of your bets. All your bets are going to fail one day. Every single one of them. You're headed for the grave. You're headed for the pains and ills of mortality. All of us. And we're all alone in this and we all need to wake up and realize it. And in our Western culture, it's so hard to so hard to realize that everything's swept under the rug, you know? How many dead bodies have you seen unless you're a paramedic listening to this or whatnot? <laughs> How many dead bodies have you seen? How many times have you seen someone die? How many times have you been there as they breathe their last? It's not all that often, is it? How many of you have killed an animal for food? How many of you have lived in difficult physical circumstances? You know, you people, you people, <laughs> people can't even be caught in the rain anymore. I hear people running for cover in the rain. I'm like, is it so bad? There's a little sprinkle and you just can't take it. You have to run from the rain. No one takes the stairs. I see this one. This one bothers the shit out of me. And I know I'm ranting today. I guess I'm the negativity that I'm trying to avoid in the world. But goodness me, if this what I say isn't true. 
I see young, capable people. I'm at the station, right? Whatever station, Granville. I rock up, trains, trains pulling in, the people get off. And then rather than go down the ramp or the stairs, I see young, fit, healthy people taking the lift down. And there's something about that that is just so... It, I can't even relate to it. That people would stuff themselves into the lift, wait for everyone to get in there, all jostled up together, smelling each other, to take a lift down one floor that they could have walked in a minute... Everything is so easy. Your food rocks up to your door, perfectly cooked. You know, the the guy passes it off to you. Some of you don't even meet them. My friend was telling me how he did a, a drop-off, and the, the guy, this big, you know, girthy gentleman, he lowered a rope down. He lowered a rope down like Rapunzel lowering his hair so he could get his Uber Eats food. And this is all of us in some capacity. Like, if you were to look at us, like, dopaminergically, like, all of us addicted to our phones, right? Think of, think of it. Our mind is glutted. We have fat minds. We have obese minds. Our minds are like these disgusting, quivering mounds of flesh just constantly gorging on nonsense. We're so narcissistic. We're so caught in the bubble of our own face and how we look to other people because we don't have any struggle in our life. We don't do anything that's hard anymore. We do things that are like, they're like illusory hard. They're not really hard. Like dealing with your shitty boss at work, it's not really hard compared to picking up a sandbag and walking 100 meters with it. Now that's hard. And of course, like psychology is a thing. Mental illness, look, mental illness is a thing. However, I think the fact that mental illness keeps rising in our society is more of a symptom of how we think and how we live our lives rather than any actual illness that's contractible. Because illness is different. And I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole. All right, I'm not a trained psychologist, although I've read all the books psychologists have read. And I think I know myself a lot more intimately than psychologists do, but that's another story. We don't do anything hard anymore. And I feel that too. I feel myself just shutting down when I'm working really hard and I'm thinking, wow, is it all worth it? What is this all for? But then I could work harder. I could. There's things I could do better. I could summon up the energy to do things that I don't really want to do that I know will help me. Things I could do now that will help me in the morning. So many simple things I could do right now that would help me in the morning. Like I could set my toothbrush and my toothpaste out for myself. I could have my work clothes laid out. I could have my desk tidy. I could already have my journal on my desk and my desk clean so I can sit down and write about my day and how I'm feeling and give myself a little bit of a cathartic release after all the stuff that just happened. There's so many things I could do. I could study harder. I'm a jiu-jitsu coach. I've been coaching for maybe five years now. I, uh, I co-own a school and... I study, I study and I care about my students and I do my best to provide them with quality instruction because I know my students are the kind of people for the most part who have high standards for themselves. But I could study more. I could practice more. I could make my training more of a priority. 
And sometimes when I fail that, I know it and I can feel it and class doesn't go as well as I want it to go. And I don't have a handle on the technique as much as I want to. I'll be able to explain the technique. I'll understand it and how it works, but I won't be able to give a comprehensive enough analysis for those who want to go deeper. And it bugs me. I don't want to be like that. I want to be capable, more capable. I want to answer questions better, but it requires that I put in the time. But there's some kind of barrier in your mind that you have to pass through and you have to try and figure out why do I want to pass through this barrier? Well, look at your life now and are you happy with how it's going? And now, of course, I am deeply interested in spirituality and the true spirituality, that being mindfulness or awareness and conscious attention. And I understand the power of living in the present moment. However, there's many, many people who live in the present moment who do not have their lives together at all because they've developed themselves along one dimension and they think everything's just gonna work out. It doesn't work like that. You must develop yourself across multiple dimensions and become more competent, especially if you're tired of how your life is going. And that's not to say obstacles won't pop up in your life as you become more successful. You make more money, you get more things. Of course, more obstacles are gonna pop up, but there'll be better obstacles. And you'll be better equipped to handle them because you're a better person in the sense that you're a more efficient person. You're a more effective person. And that's how the world is. And it's such a taboo to say that someone is better than another. And it's very risky to start talking like that, right? Because you have, you know, dickheads like Hitler who thought he was so much better than certain other people that he got rid of them. But that's not what we're talking about. That's just you making the excuse to say, oh, I'll never say that some people are better than others because that leads to this, this, and this. It's just an excuse. You don't have to follow the extreme. But some people are better than others because they've suffered more than other people. They've put in more work than other people. Look no further than a sport. You wouldn't say one tennis player wasn't better than the guy he just smashed in two sets or three sets or whatever. I'm not super familiar with tennis. In straight sets. <laughs> you wouldn't say the guy that just smashed his opponent in straight sets wasn't better than the other gentleman, would you? Of course you would say that, the guy who's number one in tennis. So why do we not say that in life? Of course everyone deserves the same rights. Everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves love. But not everyone deserves everything that other people get. You have to work for it. You have to decide what your sacrifice is and then work towards it. And this is nothing new. But it's something that I'm so passionate about and I wanted to get home to people. If your life is shit and you're sick of how it's going, something has to change, right? Something has to change. And that thing that has to change is you. It's not your parents. It's not your family. It's not the government. It's not the system. It's not the markets. It's you. You need to get that second job or you need to ask for more hours at that job you hate. And you need to save more money and you need to stop spending shit on Uber Eats and clothes that you don't even, you, you obviously can't afford just to floss on people at the club. Like, what are you doing? And some of you can't even wear the clothes. You look ridiculous in them, but it says Givenchy on it. So you think that's what, that's what looking good is. It's crazy to me. You can look way better in a $50 pair of jeans 
You know, in a white shirt than someone who's wearing Givenchy just because of the way you carry yourself. But people can't stand not having everything they want right now. That's why we've got this afterpay epidemic, which I was definitely a part of. We've got all these buy now, pay later things going on now, now, now. I need everything now. I need my food now. I need love now. We've got Tinder. Just swipe, swipe, swipe. Feel horrible because I need love now. I need to have a girl now. I need people to know I've made it now. The only thing I can really say that people are doing that takes delayed gratification is getting their degree. However, the reason they get the, they get their degree is for comfort reasons. Half of you people don't even want to do the degree that you're doing. You're miserable. You hate studying. You know it's bullshit. Most of you know it's bullshit. Even degrees that are useful, medicine degrees, right? Useful degree, still filled with bullshit that you won't remember, that you won't use, still not practical. My mother works in the hospital industry, doctors, useless, half of them, most of them. Most of them are useless. The Pareto distribution in full force, 20% of the workforce doing 80% of the work because everyone else is an idiot. Everyone else is avoiding responsibility. No one's doing the job properly. No one's doing what they say they would do. That's another thing. Do what you say you will do. Stop flaking on things. You said you would do it. Come up with any reason to get it done. To be there when you said you would be there. You said you'd be there for the game. Rock up to the game. I don't care if you suck. I don't care if you didn't prepare. I don't care if your grandmother, ma's neighbors, sisters, uncles, cousins, dog is getting married. It doesn't matter. You said you would be there. You put the little lock emoji in the chat, but then you never rocked up. You need to stop doing that because how, first of all, how can anyone trust you? Second of all, and worst, worse, way worse, you can't trust yourself because you don't believe the things that you say. You're too ready to back out of it. You're too ready to back out. You know that you will find an exit and you know other people will be forgiving of your exit because they do the exact same thing. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are just living their lives at a minimum who do the exact same things you do and you all hate each other. I see this all the time. I see friends group where the whole dynamic of the friends group is just shitting on each other and it's disguised as humor. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, we like to have a laugh. You know, we take it easy. We're relaxed. It's good to have friends that keep you in check. And yet they're obviously miserable. They're posting depressed memes on Instagram all the time. And they're surrounded by people. They're surrounded by people where they're wisecracking all the time. And like, I can feel the negativity in the vibe. Maybe they can feel it too. They won't admit it to themselves. But it's like behind all the jokes, behind all the memes and the laughter and the banter are a bunch of people who don't feel good hurting each other because they know that other people are like them and will stay in that same little comfort bubble because it's all about what's comfortable, right? And there's nothing more comfortable than our society these days. That's why we have all these ridiculous ideologies just exploding out in all silly directions i mean this that he her them they just nonsense and everything is just everything is just so self inward facing and yet it's completely dictated by the outside and what i mean by that is that everyone's so obsessed with themselves and their image but only as it's defined by the people around them but you live like that because you don't have any sense of purpose to your life. You're not doing the things that you need to be doing. If you were doing the things that you would need to be 
sorry, if you were doing the things you need to be doing, you wouldn't be on that chat forum. You wouldn't be on Discord talking about this, that, and the patriarchy and Donald Trump and Joe Biden and whoever and the, the damn Democrats. You would just be out there doing things. You would be doing what you need to be doing. You wouldn't be arguing with people on Twitter. You wouldn't be trying to cancel them. You wouldn't be trying to dox people who had a different opinion to you. You try to dox people. You try to cancel them. You try to hurt other people on the internet because you can't stand yourself and you just want to eradicate everything that makes you uncomfortable. Rather than face the truth of yourself, you just want to hurt and kill and destroy anything that makes you turn a lens on how woefully inadequate you are. And that's a big problem. You need to be honest with yourself and you need to feel the hurt without making rationalizations for it, without making excuses for it. For one minute, you just need to look at yourself in the mirror and be honest and not make any excuses about it. What am I doing wrong without saying why? Oh, you know, my trauma, oh, this and that. Because all of that stuff is true, of course. But we're all dealing with it. Of course it's true. We all have this trauma. We all have this pain. We've all been fucked over. We've all been stuck in the labyrinth of our mind just overthinking all these painful situations. But guess what? It doesn't matter anymore. It's done. We've all felt it. We're going to feel it again. You're going to get hurt again, especially when you start going after the things you want. You're going to get hurt. You're going to fail. You're going to feel like you're not living up to your expectations. You're going to set your expectations too high and then burn out for sure. You're not even, you're not even going to like, you're not even going to start for like the first month because you're going to be ooh, on the fence and you're going to think about starting. It's going to feel real good to start and you're going to watch all the videos and you'll listen to all the podcasts, but you still won't start. You won't implement any of the things that people tell you, but there comes a point where you just get fed up. You just get fed up of the nonsense and you're like, I don't want to think about this anymore. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I just want to do it. I don't want to envision myself being the hustler working 80 hours a week. I just want to work 80 hours a week and watch that money land in my account. I want to watch that money land in my account every week or every fortnight or whatever and be like, damn, there's that money that I earned and I'm going to do it again. And my life's going to suck for a little bit. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to be tough. I'm going to be tired. Some people might not understand. Some people might think you're being weird. Why are you doing that? You've changed. Why are you working so hard? Oh, you're stuck in the rat race. Oh, you know, oh, you've changed. You used to be. How come you think you're so spiritual and that you, you work like a demon at that company? And they're not going to get it, but you're going to get it because you know that you've been struggling so long and you want to make a change. And who are those people to talk to you like that? What would a real friend talk to you like? If a real friend was concerned to you, they'd come to you with love. They'd be like, hey, man, you know, I'm a bit concerned about you. Is everything okay? And then you'd explain your position to them and maybe they'd have their own ideas about it. But you could both come to a conclusion eventually and then they could say, you know what? I support you because I can see where you're coming from. Because we, we all know it. We want to make a better life for ourselves. We want to make a better life for our family. And I heard something that was so beautiful and I... I wish I could remember who said it. I'll put it in the podcast notes. But it was basically, I do know it was a Japanese gentleman who was on the Tom Bilyeu show. And it was so good. And it really helped re reaffirm the mindset that I've been having lately. That money is love. 
everything in a sense is real and unreal, right? Like the bonds you have between people. There's no real physical bond happening. There's no thread connecting you to, but you can feel it. It's real on one level. It's unreal on another. Money's the same thing. It's unreal in the sense that it's really just paper and numbers. It doesn't mean anything. You can be standing there and have 10 billion in your account, but I can still strangle you to death. Where's your money now? It's still unreal, but it's real in the sense that we all agree to it. We agree to use it to give each other things, to transfer value, to buy cars, you know, to buy yachts, whatever. And so if money is love, if you can see money as love, then you can see money as a way for you to give love to yourself and give love to the people around you that you want to help. Love is putting yourself in a nice house. Love is making sure your parents never have to work again. Love is being able to donate to charitable needs. Love is giving yourself nice clothes that you feel good in, that you feel, you know, like someone of value in. And of course, there's downsides to that as well. Like, you get too caught up in the weeds, right? You're too worried about the clothes and oh, I just have to dress good all the time and I have to keep up my appearances. That's just another struggle some of you are going to go through. But really, if you think about it, if you love yourself, then you're going to want to stop making excuses for the bullshit in your life. What is love if not truth? I used to think love involved white lies. I used to think love involved lying so as not to hurt someone because if you love them, why would you ever want to hurt them? But sometimes people need to hear the truth and you need to be diplomatic about the truth sometimes. In fact, most of the times because humans are emotional creatures and if you come at us with emotion sometimes, we're not going to hear your lesson. We're not going to hear the lesson in your word because we're not ready to hear it. We're not ready to hear it in that way. But there's better ways you can bring it up. You can ask questions and then you can be like, well, have you tried this? I've been thinking this way or I used to think similarly to you, but. But love and honesty, they're wrapped up in the same in the same bundle with truth, with respect. They're all the same. Love does not mean not treading on anyone's toes. And we seem to think that love seems to mean this like forced inclusion and forced diversity and it's like, no, that's not what love is. Love is honesty in its purest sense. And what is money? Well, in a sense, money is honesty because money shows the truth. If you care about transferring value to other people and working hard and doing the right things and getting up earlier than other people and executing on your ideas, then money will be the deciding factor. It will be the, rather, what would it be? Sorry, the word I'm looking for is the evidence. Money will be the evidence of the fact that you have been doing all these things correctly or at the very least making an effort to do these things. People will find out about you. You will know. If you're a dude and you're trying to date and you're dating these girls and then when the bill comes, you're like sweating your ass off. She's going to pick that up. She realized you, hasn't, you haven't reached for the bill and taken it right away and say, I'll take care of that. Or if she sees that you want to split it, she's going to pick up on that right away and you're going to feel like a fraud the whole time anyway. It's going to take you out of the present. It's going to make you anxious. Or, you know, you're just going to get one of those girls with low self-esteem who will just let you use her. 
because you fulfill some strange traumatic need based on her fatherhood or whatever and you just know it girls know it too you know the way you dress and the way you put makeup on you know that that it's all an illusion you know that you're going to take the guy home and maybe that guy's going to be disappointed because you don't look anything like the image you're portraying but we all just pretend now we all just think it's okay i watched this video where women were saying it was on this it was on this silly manosphere podcast which honestly are just as bad as the other side like both of the sides of this dichotomy drive me mad but the the women were like look people say oh you know you're too plastic you have had too much work done blah blah but pretty is pretty and i'm sitting here looking at this woman and i'm like but you are not pretty there's something off about you because of all the work that you've done to try and be pretty or all the work you've done because you can't do the inner work to become a beautiful person because you can't do all the inner work that's required in order to actually become someone of value it shows that all your value is put in on your physical appearance which is not beautiful in any sense the way you carry yourself is not beautiful so how is pretty pretty you don't have a good grasp of pretty because you've never really understood it. You can only have a grasp of something and understand it when you explore it, when you go into it. Like people who talk about billionaires and how they're tax evaders and evil people and they come from money, etc., etc. These people have never even seen probably more than $10,000 in their bank account talking about billionaires. Like they have any right whatsoever to talk about billionaires. What, you read some Wikipedia articles? You read some vice pieces on billionaires, so now you're an expert on them? Everything we do is a rationalization and an excuse. Another comment I saw that was wonderful was, oh, I could be a billionaire too, but I have this thing called morals. I love that. Oh yeah, you could be a billionaire. What well, you could be in the top 0.5% of people if you wanted to, just, you know, easily. Because you just you're just that special, right? But you have morals. So your morals mean you have $5 in your checking account. And you're going to have to walk because you can't afford fuel until payday. Really? Like, oh, I could just be a billionaire if I wanted. That's like saying, "Oh, I could be a sprinter if I wanted." I just didn't want to get up and train at 6 a.m. You know, I have a life. I have a wife. Yeah, a wife that you haven't slept with in six weeks. She doesn't want a piece of you because you're the type of person to say stuff like, I could have. I could have is the worst or I could be. It's one of the worst. It's way worse than I gave that a shot and it didn't work out. It's way worse than that. I could have. No one likes to be around someone who says, I could have. You just roll your eyes. You don't care. You don't care and you don't want to be around them. You don't want to listen to them because what value does that bring to you? Okay, you could have, but you're not. What now? What now? How do we proceed with this conversation? You know, like you go to a date and you're sitting across from someone and you're like, I could have been a 10 out of 10, but um, I was dropped on my head at birth and I have no fashion sense. Like, what does that even mean? That's what you sound like. That's what you sound like when you say things like, I could have. But there's just another excuse. Be honest with yourself. You are what you are. Not everyone's going to be beautiful, right? Not everyone's going to be a billionaire, okay? Not everyone's going to be the world champion. 
But that doesn't mean that you can't do what you can do right now and be you. But you're not expressing yourself fully and that's why you feel depressed. That's why you feel anxious. That's why you hate on people. That's why you look for father figures to look after you. That's why you vote year after year knowing it doesn't do anything. Desperately hoping that someone will swoop in and do the things for you that you can do for yourself. Why do you need stimulus checks? Why do you need handouts from the government? Why do you need people to put in services for you? You could easily get these things yourself. And I'm not saying there's not people out there with disabilities and disadvantaged people, etc., etc. Like, it's such an easy target to just go for the extremes. Well, what about if, uh, you know, you don't have any arms and legs? Well, guess what? I'm not talking about them. But I've seen people with no arms and legs, basically just a torso and a head, who were way happier than half the people that I see with perfectly working bodies. You see beautiful people, talented people. These people could have been kings or queens in another life, but they do nothing. They have no money. And the the city I'm from, it's particularly noticeable. Like people are completely unremarkable, but they've got their noses in the air as they walk around because it's all a front. Everything's all a trick. It's all a trick. I don't think social media was the catalyst for that. I think social media just made us realize it's all a front. It realized it's all a trick. Like, have you ever found out someone you thought hated you actually had a crush on you? That's a really common one. Like, you were growing up and this boy, you know, he would be mean to you and he would say, he would say rude things and he would bump you in the hallways and then you actually found out he really liked you. That's everyone all the time. And now, of course, some people who don't like you don't like you. But if they just show it, then that's honesty, right? But most of the time, people are putting on a front. They're putting on a display. And the things we want the most, we act like we don't want them the most. It's fascinating human nature. The things that we want the most, we act like we need them the least. And so you could see someone walking down the street that you're just enamored by. But you'll do the whole, oh, yeah, I'm going to look up at the sky. I'm going to look the other way. I don't care. I'm not fast. I'm not phased. Yeah, I didn't talk to them because, you know, it's not worth my time. You know, maybe they're a bitch. They look stuck up. All these excuses that we have all the time, all these fronts that we put on. There's so many ways that we fake. There's so many ways that we hide and rationalize and cheat ourselves. And we never end up getting what we really want. We never end up getting there. And it's sad at the end of the day. It's sad that that happens. And I truly believe that everything that's ever happened, it was destined to happen from the beginning of time. The world seems to be caught up in some immense causal flow that we can't really predict. Uh, we can see the patterns emerge and you are only so wise at certain times of your life and maybe if you did go back with the knowledge you have now you could have made better decisions but that was you at the time and i believe that but that doesn't mean you have to stay that way if you get practical about it there are ways you can make your life better people have done it ugly nerd losers have become incredible seducers
People who were told that they should stay in school and quit basketball have gone on to win NBA titles. That's the world we live in. That's possible. Anything is possible. But what does it require? If you're told to stay in school and focus on your studies because you're never going to make it anywhere in basketball, maybe that's the time you look at yourself and say, I suck and I need to train harder because I know that I can do it or I want to do this so bad. I don't just want to live a normal life. I love basketball. I want basketball to be a part of my life. Instead of saying things like, oh, the coach is just a hater. Uh, he wants to push his son forward instead of me. He just doesn't understand me. He doesn't recognize my talent. These things, even, even if they're true, even if you do have a biased coach, even if you do have people who want to keep you down, is that going to change the result? Is that going to change the result if you just accept that and then don't train and just quit and just fuck off and, you know, sit on the couch and tell your buddies, yeah, I could have made it to the NBA, but, you know, my coaches tried to keep me down. No, you need to make a conscious decision and say the odds are stacked against me. People don't like me for whatever reason. Maybe I'm unpleasant. Maybe I'm late to practice too much. Maybe they just don't like my parents. But if I keep training hard, if I keep putting myself out there, if I keep working on my skills, if I get up early than the other guys, if coach doesn't let me come to practice, I'm going to come in before practice. And when he walks into the gym, he's going to see me there already shooting hoops. How about that? That's the mentality you need to start developing. You need to start figuring out a way to get past all these obstacles, these so-called obstacles that are simply just put there to drive you. What is an obstacle if not something to drive you? If you just had a cruisy path to the top, then you'll just have a cruisy path to the top and you'll never get better. And then the guys who had to struggle for it, the ones who got so hungry from being knocked down so many times, from having to deal with all this bullshit, they're going to destroy you when you come up against them face to face. You want obstacles. You want people to tell you that you can't do it. Why would you ever want different? You want people to think that you're an idiot. And then you want to prove them wrong. But hey, that's just something I'm dealing with. And that's something I've been dealing with for a while. And we're the Nothing In Particular podcast. So that means we talk about whatever we want. And right now, that's what I want to talk about. And I wanted to share that with you or maybe wake you up to something. Whoever's listening. Because at the end of the day, I can't control who listens to this. But you know what I can do? I can load up this software put the microphone to my mouth and start talking because I know I've got something to say. I know I've lived a life to the point where I can start giving back to you people and start telling you that it's time to change. It's time to wake up. It's time to be real with yourself. Just in the same way I'm trying to be real with myself. I'll never tell you to do something that I'm not trying to do myself. I'll never tell you to be something that I'm not trying to be. I'm not going to sell you any nonsense. I'm not going to be fake with you. I'm just going to tell you straight up the way I feel, the way shit has worked for me, what I've gone through, and how I would have done it differently. That's all that this is about. When I was a kid and I was playing soccer, I was actually quite good. And I'm going to give you those could have stories. I could have gone all the way. I knew it even then. In fact, I was convinced I would. I was very young and I was so 
grateful that I already knew what I was going to do with my life. I was going to become a famous soccer player. I already knew it. I could see it in my mind's eye. It was definitely going to happen. But when I came up against adversity, because in my first ever match that I played for a club, I scored four goals. And after that, the momentum just could not be, couldn't be stopped. I always just had in my head, I'm the best. I'm the most talented. I'm the most creative. I just get it the most. I'm the smartest. I can kick the ball where it wants to go. I just trust myself. I trust my intuition. And it happens. As a kid, I used to think like that. There was no player that was better than me. If the kid ran faster than me, it was because I was just slow that day. If the kid managed to outskill me, it's just because my reflexes weren't as quick that day. There was nothing you could tell me. And eventually, I got to the Division I team that I wanted to play for, that I knew I always should have been playing for, and I was scoring goals for them left, right, and center. But you know what? My coach would only play me for half the game. So what did I do? I started quitting. I started quitting in my mind. I started losing interest in soccer. My coach only playing me half the game. Like, why should I care about this? I know I'm one of the best players on here, if not the best. Whenever he puts me on the on the in the game, I score. You know what I should have done? Should have gone home and kicked the ball around more. I should have gone down to the soccer field. Should have asked my friends if they wanted to practice. I should have got some cones or put down some rocks or chairs or anything as an obstacle and dribbled around them and practiced passing drills. So much that I could have done. I could have started strengthening myself, doing push-ups, going for runs. I could have made sure that I got to the field earlier. My parents would never get me there on time. I blamed my parents for being late. But why didn't I just walk? The soccer field was a half hour walk away. That's not too far. I could have walked. Why didn't I walk? I don't know. There's many reasons. Maybe it just wasn't in my cards. Maybe I just wasn't ready. Maybe the conditioning from my childhood was that of someone who would accept the fact that they just weren't going to make it, that things just weren't panning out how they were going, the destiny had other plans. And it's not that I have regrets because I've had some sublime experiences in this life and I wouldn't change it. My life has been rich and all of our lives have been rich if we take the time to notice it. But a big part of me wonders what could have been if I just put the work in. But that wasn't, that wasn't the time. But now's the time. And all we have is now. And I know that whatever I do, I don't want to do it with any excuses. Whatever I do, I want to take full ownership for whether I make it or not. And that's not to say I'm going to take ownership if I write a book and it only sells 100 copies and I, and I say, oh, look, I'm such a piece of shit as a person because I only sold 100 copies. No, but I can damn well take away. Well, what do I need to do better? What do the reviews say? Oh, okay. My sentence structure was odd. Oh, I didn't grip them with the story. I didn't tell the story well enough. And if it makes sense, if it resonates, and if I understand what they're saying, maybe I can take away something from that and then apply it again and just write another book. Like Stephen King had so many rejection notices that the nail he hammered in the wall to pin the, the rejections on, it fell out of the wall. 
And so we got a bigger nail. Get a bigger nail. Stop making excuses. Start pounding those rejection slips on the wall until the nail falls out of the wall and then get yourself a bigger nail. You'll be at peace if you do this, I promise you. You'll be far more at peace than the guy who says I could have. All right? Thank you, my friends. Hope you enjoyed my little rant. I wish you all the best. Much love. Peace.